Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. We have a very special guest on this week's episode as Liz Wang sat down with former UBC swimmer and team coach, former world record holder, and three-time Canadian Olympian Brian Johns. He discussed his time as a Thunderbird, his transition to coaching, and his thoughts on the UBC swim teams from 1998 to 2007, also known as the Decade of Dominance, being inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame. After that, we will bring you the Thunderbirds News Roundup and look at another multi-time Olympian for our alum of the week. But first, here is Liz's interview with Brian Johns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to CITR 101.9 with Thunderbird Eyes. This is Liz Wing, and today with me is the former UBC swimming team alumni, head coach and director of swimming and um, the Pacific Swimming Team Club of Vancouver, Brian Johns. So welcome, Coach Johns. Thanks. And first of all, can you briefly introduce yourself to our audience? So my name is Brian Johns. I was on the UBC Thunderbirds swim team. Uh, I kind of had a gap in the middle. So I represented the Thunderbirds from 01 to 03, and then again in uh, 06 and 07. And in during that time, I was also a national team swimmer all the way through. Um, went to the Olympics in 2000, 2004, and 2008 and uh, graduated from UBC in 2009 and with my master's in 2011. Mm. And then um, can you tell us how you began swimming? How I began swimming? Yeah. So <laughs> going right back to all the way to the origin story. So um, my parents like putting me into kind of everything. So I swam, I played baseball, I played football, I played soccer, a whole bunch of things when I was young. And um, I mean, swimming is just a really important life skill. And it's one of the things that I try and teach our own swimmers is that like just being able to swim is a very big deal. And um, so as a four or five year old, I just did lessons. And then my parents felt like then moving over to a club, they thought that was a little bit of a better fit. And from there, it kind of just took off. And I was very fortunate that I was a good, young, competitive swimmer and um, carried that success through into bigger things later on. Yeah, I see. And then how, uh, what kind of uh, experience leads you to attending to UBC and why did you decide to come to UBC in the first place? So I have an older brother who's three years older than me. He came to UBC first mm-hmm. um, and uh, he is very good swimmer as well, national level and medaled at, um, at the at like Canadian nationals. Um, and through him, I could really see the amazing team dynamics that um, UBC had at that time. And um, when I was trying to choose a university for myself, obviously it was very important for me to go to some place where um, I knew I could succeed at the international level in swimming. And UBC was definitely that. But on top of that was finding that um, that network of people who were going to help me succeed as well as become um, lifelong friends and be have a great team and stuff like that. And so I'm still friends with people who I swam with. And I was very happy to join UBC just because it was um, 
swimming is such an individual sport, but it's done in a team environment. And to see at UBC how amazing that team environment was and is um, really made it easy for me to choose. Yeah, you mentioned making a lot of friends and teammates. And then, so I'm thinking during your time at UBC, what was the most memorable moment for you? And then like, what do you think you have learned here in UBC? Oh, most memorable moment at UBC. That's a tough one. Um, from a from a performance standpoint, what sticks out is breaking the world record in 2003. And um, just thinking about like the team dynamic, it was a gr is obviously a very um, great individual feat for me. And in swimming, we can get caught in just like what does the individual accomplish and what do what do they do? But um, I did that swim as part of the Canadian University Championships. And so to have the camaraderie around the team with me to do that um, made it a really special moment. It was done very close to home, which may not have been possible at an international meet. That was really special. Um, my family was like local or like was in the area and actually officiated at the meet. And so those were all things that made it really special where it's like, it's not just how fast that I swim, but also the people who I got to share it with. And so that was, um, it's a very unique situation in swimming to have an opportunity like that. So, um, and then what did I learned from UBC, um, the, the big things that I take away from my time at UBC now is how important it is to have the people around you help you succeed. And I think that in swimming, we're, like I said, we're kind of caught in an individual sport, but you have to learn to work together as a team. And so it was like simple things of motivating the person in the lane beside you, making sure that um, we're all working to, um, together so that I'm not just trying to accomplish my goals and you're accomplishing your goals beside me. We're actually helping each other accomplish each other's goals. And um, I, really saw that a lot in UBC, especially in the later time at UBC, I was a little bit older than the people who I graduated with. And to have learned that lesson, um, I think a lot of people learn that lesson maybe after they leave, but I learned that lesson as I was in university and to be able to carry that through into my education has really helped me along the way beyond school. Yeah, and then we know that you had countless accomplishments when you are here and UBC and also after graduation, including the silver medal at the 2002 World Championships in Moscow and a bronze at the 1999 World Championships in Hong Kong. And then after you retire as an athlete, what makes you become, wants to become a coach? I, I knew that I was always going to go into some form of teaching afterwards. I definitely come from a family of teachers and um, for a long time, my A plan was like, I would teach high school and maybe I'd coach summer swimming and um, stay involved with the sport. But over time, I grew, I, uh, I knew within myself that I wanted to stay in the competitive atmosphere. And um, so I chose teaching, I just chose teaching swimming. And uh, it, it's, for me, it's been a really rewarding way to give back to the community that get, has given me so much. I think about the coaches who had a great influence on me. I hope to have the same influence on the swimmers that I coach. And um, it's been really um, special to be able to connect with swimmers and whether they're just trying to learn how to swim their butterfly or try and make provincials or try and make the Olympics. Um, 
it's really rewarding to see it in their eyes when they accomplish something or when they surprise themselves to do something really special. Um, those are really big moments to take away. Yeah, and then considering the fact that a lot of UBC athletes are also taking uh, courses on coaching, um, I think probably they also have the same question. So how did you manage the transition from being an athlete to like to being a coach? Like, is there something in particular about coaching that's different from being an athlete? Definitely. Like, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It is a very hard transition um, in the sense that, like, Retiring from sport is a very big transition and it is, it is a very hard time for me and it can be a very challenge, challenging time for anybody in the best of circumstances. For me, what helped me a lot was that I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do afterwards and that can be very difficult to um, define and determine. I was very fortunate that I had a network of people around me to help um, determine that with me. Um, sorry, my little two-year-old's coming in here. Sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Transitioning out of sport, uh, the sport. And so um, having that, um, for me, is having that vision to what did I want to do afterwards? And it didn't have to be like specific of like, Yes, I definitely wanted to be a swim coach. It was more like, yes, I knew, I knew that I wanted to like teach in some way. I knew that I wanted to give back to the community. I knew I wanted to do that. How is going to be the best way that I could do that? And at the start, like I was um, like varsity team manager after I um, was done swimming, like it's essentially unpaid volunteering and then moved into like coaching where I was a grad assistant and um like those little things where it was rewarding to give back. And then that opened up the pathways down the road for me to be full-time on deck, be a head coach and beyond. Yeah, I see. And then going back to um, the very beginning, like also is the reason that why we have this interview, it's that um, a couple of days ago, Canada West has just inducted a decade of dominance man and women's uh, swimming team into the Hall of Fame. And then I'm wondering what was your first impression and also thoughts on this like when you first heard about this news well it's a pretty big honor and I think that like we don't swim or try and perform to make hall of fames like those are things that are decided by other people to honor us um and so but that those 10 years are really special and like for for me personally I have a connection to all 10 of those years whether it was through my brother in the first couple of years swimming it or um being involved um, like obviously directly swimming and then in the years that I missed being around the team. And so um, it, it's a very rare occasion in all of sport to have such a great lineage of performance that also is not just about um, how fast we were in the water, but like how to the consistency of um, excellence and performance to be able to do that year in year end. Uh, when first asked about this interview, I was just thinking back about those 10 years and how um, each of those years within them tell a unique story where like there were some years where like we were a pretty dominant team and like it was no doubt that we were gonna win going into the meet and we performed really well. There's other years where we didn't win a single gold medal 
and still through the depth of our performance want, want it out and everything in between and having national team members people who came to the school as walk-ons and made it on to um to represent canada and is really um special to have not just the best swimmers of that era recognized in a hall of fame but to have the entire group is um is really special and um i'm honored that i was a part of those teams but i also know that um all those swimmers will be honored to be named as part of the hall of fame and it's it's really special to have them all included yeah and then as we know that the UBC swimming team has really long history of excellence and is still going to shine remain great among the youth sports teams in Canada and then what do you think has changed about the team or not has been changed about the team since you graduated hmm. that's uh tough I'm still around the team now since I'm coaching at UBC but I'm not as in touch with the team as I once was but um that being said like that the um the knowledge of that um legacy carries on where like head coach Derek Schuf is back being the head coach he was an assistant coach in that during that um decade of dominance run um but the commonalities I still see is like the um absolute commitment to personal excellence and making sure that they're not we're not just going to the meet but you're excelling at the meet um a big change since then obviously has been moving into the new pool and uh like i remember the little closet that we did our weights in in the old pool and stuff like that and um the the facilities and access that the swimmers have now is pretty tremendous and it's really good to see the commitment from the university to um the swim team in those areas and to have a really world-class facility to train in has is really special but that doesn't change the internal drives of the swimmers that are there it's still 50 meters of water uh, over a black line you got to get from here to there as fast as you can and how are you going to do that as an individual how are you as a team going to help each other get there those are the things i still see where it's like i still see like the groups of swimmers see that camaraderie coming out of the pool and laughing and um feeling good about a workout um those things are the things that are universal no matter what era so yeah and then when you know that with some of the players are heading to the national trial in may and then maybe also earning the tickets to tokyo olympic this summer is there anything you want to say to them in particular <laughs> well it's been a pretty difficult situation this time around around like trials have been moved dealing with the pandemic but i think that um having the group around you to help you succeed is such an important piece um i found it really difficult the times where i found swimming to be the most difficult was when i felt like i was an island and i was like kind of trudging along by myself and during the pandemic keeping those connections and being connected with the people around you has been really difficult and so carry that camaraderie with you would be my best suggestion where when you're behind the blocks you're not the only person there there's your teammates that are behind you whether they're there with you at trials or at home cheering you on or family or friends that are supporting you but having that um community behind you you're not alone on um 
when you're racing, you have a team of support behind you and um, enjoy it. Enjoy it as much as you can and um, you use that team to help you enjoy the moment so that um, you can succeed. And uh, if it if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, like the, the commitment and the lessons that you're going to learn are going to drive you to ends much further than just the swimming world. Yeah, I, I see. And thank you for your answer. That concludes all my question. Is there anything else you would like to add? Not really. I mean, UBC was a pretty special time for me, and um, especially in, in the latter half where um, fulfilling that leadership role within the team and being able to carry on that legacy, those are the things that have been, um, when I look back on it, have been really important. And um, I've just been honored and uh, it's been a privilege to represent UBC and to have our um, full decade of dominance to be inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame is really special. So thanks for having the time. Yeah, thank you for coming and joining us. And then um, that is our interview with coach Brian Johns. Thank you again for coming to our show. And this is Liz Wen, and you are listening to CITR 101.9 with Thunderbird Sight. Wanna see you next time. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on Sugar Let's get it on Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Alan Wang with the News Roundup, followed by Mike Liu with the Alum of the Week. Hello everybody and welcome to the News Roundup of the Week, where we highlight the weekly stories of UBC Athletics. Jumping into things this week, we're taking a look at rowing. Julia Lindsay, a former Thunderbird rower, has been one of eight women who raced for Oxford University in the Oxford First Cambridge boat race in London this past weekend. Lindsay being a former UBC graduating female athlete of the year, four-time academic All-Canadian, and five-time gold medal winner at the Canadian University Rowing Championship. Additionally, the Oxford vs. Cambridge boat race has been occurring annually ever since the year of 1856. And onto the race, the Oxford women went out to an early lead, but eventually the Cambridge women's rowing team overtook them and took home the win. 
Cambridge had a double win for both the men's and women's team, but regardless, well done to Julia Lindsay and the rest of her team. And that actually concludes the news roundup of this week. A bit of an uneventful week, but very excited for what is to come in the future. Welcome back to the Alumni of the Week, where we take a look back at the many incredible stories of Thunderbird athletes that this school has seen come through their doors. For today's alum, we'll learn more about one of the best sailors in Canadian history. Nicola Gerke was born in Grand Prairie, Alberta in 1977, soon coming to attend UBC for a Bachelor's of Human Kinetics. While here, Gerke competed on the women's, uh, UBC women's rugby team, before eventually graduating in 1999 with a Bachelor's of Human Kinetics. Nicola's life model, Dare to Dream, Dare to Achieve, Dare to Succeed, is inspired by her idol Terry Fox's quote, I wish people would just realize that anything's possible if you try. Dreams are made if people try. Gerke followed that model after her father passed away from pancreatic cancer in 1997. Having stopped sailing while he was sick, she gave up her comfortable life to pursue her Olympic dream. It was in the water where she made her name as a Canadian icon. Nicola would become the first Canadian sailor to ever compete in three different boat classes at the Olympic Games. First debuting in the two-handed dinghy in Athens in 2004, Gerke then switched to windsurfing RSX class in 2005, qualifying for Beijing 2008 and London 2012. Then, to top it all off, she competed in a new boat class, the mixed Anacra 17 multi-hall class at Rio 2016 with partner Luke Ramsey, finishing 15th in that competition. As Canada's top female windsurfer, Gerke recorded the country's best ever Olympic result with her event, with the event uh, being her 10th place finish in London 2012. After a long break to recuperate from 15 years of being an elite athlete, in January 2020, Nicola returned to racing RSX in a major international competition, placing fourth at the World Cup event in Miami. That result secured an Olympic berth for Team Canada for Tokyo 2020. Gerke would go on to be the top Canadian in the event at the 2020 World Championships. Outside of athletics, Nicola enjoys fixing up an old Volkswagen bus, as well as surfing, biking, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, and gardening. On top of all this, Gerke is an exec- uh, executive and emotional intelligence coach, something she earned a graduate certificate for in 2013. That wraps it up for this week's Thunderbird Alum of the Week segment. Tune in next week for more exciting Thunderbird stories. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Brian Johns for coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Alan Wang, and Mike Liu. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.